New York Artists Collective. Hello there and welcome to This Next One's About. I am your host, Stephanie Manns, singer-songwriter and co-producer of the New York Artists Collective, This Next One's About. This is a podcast dedicated to songwriting and in each episode I interview one of my favourite songwriters and we dig deep into the stories behind one of their songs. Today's guest is Lake Street Dive's Aki Burmese. Today's guest is Lake Street Dive's Aki Burmese. Aki plays keys in the band but is in fact an incredible performer and songwriter in his own right. Last year I interviewed Aki for the show and I was really excited to chat to him a year later to preview one of his new releases, Alone Again, and to find out how life has been as a full-time member of one of the best and most successful bands in the country right now. Stick around to the end of the interview and I'll tell you how you can get your hands on an exclusive download of Aki performing a cover of Shania Twain's Still the One live from the legendary venue Red Rocks. Let's get all snug and tight together. Aki Burmese. Hello. Hello. Welcome back. It's wonderful to be back. This is so much fun. I can't believe it was over a year ago that we first did this. Nor can I. And what a beautiful friendship we now have. We do. It's burned into a beautiful friendship. It has. <laughs> oh, it really has. How many How many trips to the planetarium have we had? We've Just had at least two trips to the planetarium. Trips, yeah. Yes. There's hot chocolate involved. Yes. Yep. At least one time. Mm-hmm. Always the the solar system. <laughs> Always the solar system. If you haven't been to the Hayden Planetarium, you must go. Yes. Anyway, but I'm so pleased to chat about your latest single, Alone Again. Yes. So when we chatted before about a year ago, and by the way, congratulations Mm. on our most listened to episode. Oh, you're too good. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's great. And like, it's always fun to kind of sit, but you've consistently been number one. I'm bad at your praises making me feel terrible. (laughs) I feel awful now. Well, we've had some great episodes and that was a really fun one. But like for me, I, I felt that that was such an early episode in terms of like, me editing and yeah because we were remote that's right and yeah. i was like oh i've never met this guy yeah. this could be really awkward right but it turned out you know as i recall i was using a terrible microphone at home but mm. I, I think it worked out okay. i could pick up the traffic on your street that's I think, right with that well microphone. that's just because of everything's terrible in that <laughs> so after i interviewed you then you did the, the artist collective show with us correct and I was just so blown away by your talent, your humility, your grace on stage. It was just beautiful. Yeah. And you played this song and I'm like, I need to have that song. And it mm. took it took you a year to release it. Cor- and yeah, I'm it did. so pleased you did. Yes. As was I, I had written it and I knew that that was the next one I wanted to record, but I had no way to make myself do it. But a friend of mine who's a very good producer and was interested in making a record of his producing people on the scene had also heard the song and was like, you know, I'd love to produce that song. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, great. It was Greg Mayo. And he was like, I have a, I have an idea for it. And it's, it's totally in line with how you do it. And I'll just kind of add to it. And so a lot of it was done, like we discussed the concept. And then I went and did a scratch rendition with a keyboard and vocal. And then we did a day with a rhythm section, did a couple takes of vocals, and then he added all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. After, yeah. Was that violin on it? Yes. That kind of. So was that just like one solo violin, or was there like a couple of? things It going was. On? Uh, that's a really nice little sort of. It it turned it into piece. a yeah. yeah. It made me feel like wow, we're uh, this is legit. Uh, that was, I believe, Rob Moose of Why Music. If I'm saying the name correct, and I think that I am, um, Greg asked him to put some strings on it, and so that's just what he came up with, and Greg sort of edited from there what mm-hmm. he thought would work in each position. That's yeah. Nice. So. 
It created a, a wonderful thing. And I also had no recollection of the ad-libs I had put in there, but there's some very choice ad-libs <laughs> toward the end. I encourage the listener to listen all the way to it. So. so kind of explain the song to me in sort of the concept of it. And like, just, you know, for the benefit of people listening before we, we actually play yes. the song. Mm. Okay, so I describe it as, a, as an anthem, a joyful, a sort of joyful anthem about <clears throat> the modern state of solitude. So being single and an adult, and being, and and celebrating one's personhood without necessarily lamenting the fact that one is alone. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what the song is about, and obviously trying to take a wry, humorous approach to that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember hearing it the first time and just laughing out loud at so Mm -hmm. much of it. I also, yeah, I feel like a lot of people who are single are like, oh, I get every line of this. Yeah. Yeah. And so I also wanted it to come from a true place. So it was very easy to tap into mm-hmm. experientially what the protagonist, who may or may not be me, was singing. Because, I mean, yeah. like, there, it is definitely kind of a celebration of being, self, is it self-coupled or self-partnered is the new term? That sure, self-partnered, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there is kind of a an almost a bittersweetness to it yes. at the start. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, I got your invitation. Mm-hmm. I'll turn up for your wedding. I'll be there. Yeah. Yeah. It is, uh, it's, it starts out a little bit seeming like uh, confrontational. And then I think it's, it's really be about being comfortable. Mm-hmm. The, I picture the protagonist, or again, may or may not be myself, uh, <laughs> in a comfortable pair of sweatpants uh, and like a stained t-shirt singing all the lines to it. Just like, yeah, I'm alone. I don't have to, I don't get dressed up. I don't, I don't care. A stained yeah. t-shirt. Very nice. Yeah, I think some of my favorite lines were going through my Netflix queue. Mm-hmm. We all know that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Breakfast in my car. There's something special about um, writing something and then being having a very distinct sense memory of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so breakfast in my car, listening to NPR is something that I've done far too often. And I really feel like that's something you do when you're single. And you're like, yeah, you know what? I'm I'm going to eat breakfast in my car. You make no plans with anyone else. But that's like an appointment I make with myself. Good. You know, you know it's important to, to you know, self-care. That's this right. Is the new self-care. thing these days. That's right. Yeah. And not being apologetic about that. That's right. And yeah. I love the, the approach that you took to that song. And it's mm-hmm. just like, okay, you know, but we'll get over it. Yeah. And we'll be fine. There is also a pervasive sense of like a, the world is moving on without you. But that's also okay. So there's sort of like a, there's a light. There's a light uh, patina of failure <laughs> to that. But that's, I feel like, because society makes you feel like if you're alone, you've failed at something. Yep. You know? And so I think this character is sort of exploring, great, okay, so I've failed, but I still feel pretty good about it. You know? Yes. Yeah. That's an interesting concept. You know, society judges us so much for being alone. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I don't want to draw any sort of distinctions of saying, you know, it's worse being a woman. Yeah. But... I think, I, I don't know what the, the difference, I mean, do you get, um, you know, you're sort of a single bachelor kind of man around town type sure. thing versus, you know, with women, it's like, you're going to be barren. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't, I don't get any of that. Um, I like, I pretend that, yeah, a man about town bachelor. I like that. Uh, that makes me laugh. Um if I was like a bachelor who like went to parties and worked the room and, you know, was debonair, that would be interesting. But as I said, usually sweatpants, stained t-shirt, NPR, uh, fast food in the car. But also, yeah, there's no, there's stigma, but I think 
for men, it's more like occasionally older, you know, relations will be like, and when are you settling down? You know, Mm -hmm. it's never like this is the the end of your your life, your viability as a human. But it is more of a like, when are you going to become a full blown adult? Right. You know, and stop being a toddler. And and this song uh, suggests that may never happen. (laughs) <laughs> All right, well, let's take a listen. This is Aki Burmese and Alone Again. I'll make this short and sweet So you can go and eat And I can go off on my way First off, congratulations I got your invitation I'll be there on your special day Passing through, imagine running into you. I really should be getting back. There's no one waiting for me. Well, that's the longest story. Let's grab a drink sometime and chew the fat. Oh, you ask me how I'm doing, but you know how I'm doing. I work too much, drink too much, I never sleep You'll ask, is there someone special? Oh no, I hate to tell you I eat in bed and I never change the sheets Cause I'm alone, alone again No one to rise and wake for I read the paper on my own Watching movies all alone, alone again. No one to laugh or cry for. I hit the diner on my own, my own again. No one to mend my ways. I spend my days going through my Netflix queue. news I'm learning how to micro brew and working on a novel too so don't feel bad for me though it's not what I planned still I wanted you to know Same damn thing Three nights in a row Cause I'm alone Alone again No one to bring the functions I go to brunches on my own My own again No one to bring up marriage Or my parents I'm alone
breakfast in my car Making plans, breaking plans It's fine by me Sometimes it does get lonely But even then, it's only me And there's nowhere I have to be Cause I'm alone The laundry Celebration of singledom. Correct. Yep. It was. Uh, ahead of Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I assume you will be spending it having breakfast in your car, listening right. to NPR. That's right. Yep. I'll be listening to WNYC Valentine's Day morning. <laughs> <laughs> Catching up on the news. There you go. Yeah. Um, so I really want to catch up. Okay. Properly. Yes. Um, I know we catch up, but you you are so such a humble guy. You don't really tell me, you know. The music sort of industry stuff, mm-hmm. and this is my chance to really badger you about it. Okay. So I'm going to take that I'm opportunity. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. you can't go anywhere. So the last time we spoke, you had joined Lake Street Dive mm-hmm. as the pianist, mm-hmm. keys player. You at that point were not sort of sure if you were you weren't entirely part of the band, and right. now you are a fully fledged band member, full on band member of Lake Street yes. Dive, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Congratulations! Yes. It's been wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So tell me kind of about that experience, what it what it was like joining the band and then becoming part of the band and the experiences that you've had over the last year. Oh, it's been a, I describe it as like being thrown in the deep end. So um, in a wonderful way, not in a dangerous way, but um, we, I was, I don't know if I've told the story of how I was formally proposed to by the band. No. Oh, I should tell you. So um when the first record came out that I was on after a little while, uh, the band was like, oh, we should all get dinner. Sometimes the band likes to get dinner. I didn't know if this, I thought, they're, oh, so the band gets dinner together occasionally on a day off in, on tour. And uh, they were like, yeah, we'll all go to dinner. And it's a thing we do just to hang out with each other. And I, so I said, okay, sure, I'll go to dinner. And I think we went to a very nice place in Chicago. And at some point, everyone got very awkward 
and people started like digging around in their bags, but trying to keep eye contact above the table. Uh, and I knew something was about to happen. So I, I averted my eyes. I pretended to be distracted. Uh, and when I turned back around, there were four plastic engagement rings <laughs> on my salad plate and a card. And that I was told by the band that I was formally being proposed to, to join the band. And I, of course, said yes. That's, um, that's lovely. None of those engagement rings fit on my fingers, but uh, it was it was a very nice <laughs> it was a nice gesture, and from there it's been off to the races. We we uh, toured behind that was sort of the end of the tour of this past record, free yourself up, and now we are about to go into the studio to record the new record for 2020. Why? Yeah, and so we spent this past year while touring. Also attempting to write yeah. the record. Uh, so we, the way we do it is like we're on tour, we're living on a bus, we're traveling from town to town, writing songs either um, solo or often actually in groups, you know, uh, in groups of two, sometimes even three. And then we share the demo of the song to the band and then the band gets together like after sound check or something someday to play the songs and make a demo of the band playing the songs. And then we hold on to that demo and then we just keep stacking up demos that way and so that's basically what we did all year that's a really intense way of coming up with an album mm-hmm. it's a blur yeah yeah um there were i want to say at least a few dozen songs by the end of the year obviously you have a band where even before i was in it all four of them were songwriters and mm-hmm. i'm a songwriter and they asked me if i would write five people writing songs concertedly for one thing is going to lead to a dozens and dozens of demos and so we have so many songs to choose from and right now we're in the process of like whittling down Mm -hmm. what tunes we'll be using and here's an interesting well i think this is an interesting question if i do say so myself but for you coming into the band and writing songs for the band Mm -hmm. what was that like in terms of going oh i think this would like this would really work for the band or would this work for like rachel's voice like was that challenging it was challenging. It was, yes, but it was kind of a challenge that I was excited about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like writing for other voices, and sometimes many of the songs that I write, even for myself, I'm thinking of some other voice or character singing it. In the case of Lake Street Dive, since I had known their music before I was in the band, and now playing with them so consistently, you really get a sense for what Rachel's voice is like, what Rachel's like persona is, but also the persona of the band behind Rachel and so much of writing for Lakes You Dive is not only finding a way to write something that sounds natural or good for Rachel to sing, but also feels like it has part of that, like the spirit of Lakes You Dive in it. So that was like a cool challenge because obviously I generally write songs about aliens. And so I. And there's I, a niche for that. There is a niche yeah. for that. But I didn't try to force the aliens into the Lakes You Dive uh, template. There may be one or two mentions of outer space in the songs that I wrote. Are they really? Oh, yes, there are really. I don't know if those are going to make the record, but I certainly, you know, I'm not going to hide from myself. You have also been writing for yourself to put out new music next year. Yes. When do you find the time? One, to write for yourself, Mm -hmm. but also to then plan, oh, I have some time off. I'll release my music between tours or... Uh, Well, sometimes it's something like where someone does most of the heavy, heavy lifting, like where Greg did the production of the record. So I was like, I'd love to release this. And Greg was like, I'll produce. And I was like, great. Um, in terms of writing, even before we were working on the record, you're just sort of writing all the time. I mean, you I, if I can get to a piano, anytime we have a green room where there's a piano or there's like a piano locked away in a closet in some venue, uh, I will spend the entirety of my free time that day in that room with that piano. And then it's a lot of voice memos, mm-hmm. a lot of 
garage band demos where I'm like singing bass parts and singing all the harmony parts like in my bunk or oftentimes in a bathroom and um, because because of the acoustics Uh, and then when I get home if we have like a couple weeks off I like try to get to my rehearsal space and write the lead sheet out and work on the lyrics and get things finished and make a demo and then email it to myself and hope that I can listen to it later and try to bring it in front of a crowd next time I play a solo show. Mm -hmm. And how has your kind of solo world changed? Because I think one question I asked you before we recorded was yours is the most listened to episode. And you're like, well, I am in quite a popular band. And, and, And I was like, okay, well, let's see if this comes up and it didn't. And yeah. so I need to work on my SEO. However, you know, that's obviously not where people are going to listen yeah. to you. And I, I think your your point was, you know, when people see Lake Street Dive, they will check out all of the different musicians and then they'll, you know, follow yeah. them individually as mm. well. How have you found that sort of changed your presence, for lack of a better word? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> well, as you said, I'm one who perhaps could be described as not entirely uncomfortable, entirely comfortable with um, being the center of attention uh, and um, being in Lake Dive has certainly made more people pay attention to me. Uh, but even before that, I was, I was playing a lot of shows in New York. And so I had a very small dedicated, you know, uh, group of misfits who like to come hear my shows at midnights <laughs> recently. I don't know. I, I, I was already, I was already apologetic to those people who are all like, no, we love you. We're here to see you. And I'm always like, I'm so sorry that I'm going to sing another song about a spaceship. Uh, now I'm like, I play shows sometimes and there's like strangers there to me because it was always the same 30 people for three years. Uh, and then I'll say like, some of you don't even know who I am. And I always try to give people the opportunity to leave. I go, well, I'm going to sing a couple songs about aliens now. So if, if this is not what you thought it was going to be. Uh, but generally people are along for the ride. So I, I think there's some new people coming in because of the exposure of being in Lake Street Dive. And then also there's just some organic critical mass from having been a musician and songwriter playing in New York for so long that there are people who like you and tell their friends and some of their friends may like what you do. And then that snowballs into a following. Well, I mean, you've been a stalwart. I've I've been using that word a lot. I I quite like the word stalwart. stalwart. You've been a stalwart on the New York music scenes for quite some time. Oh, thank you. Well, in, in, a, in a good way. And it's mm. like you've paid your dues, you do the shows, mm. you have performed with other musicians, supported other musicians, yeah. you you know are on different records for other musicians as a gun for hire. Yes. So yeah, you've absolutely kind of paid your dues and like your talent, I feel, is finally being recognized, which is really lovely. Oh, thank you. So I'm delighted for you and, and your mm. you know success with the band. Thank you. But I also really, really, really want to do our podcast about Star Trek. We, so and we please really don't, should get please on Please don't it. forget me now. You're going up to these lofty heights of stardom no. and fame. The lofty heights only bring me closer to the Star Trek Enterprise, <laughs> in my opinion. Yes. We could break off right now. And, I know. We could yeah. immediately start the, the other podcast. Yeah, we had so many ideas. There was a Star Trek podcast. There was like a rom-com podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was so surprised to find that you, because I think yeah. after after the show that you did with us, we we stepped outside and had a cigar. That's right. Yep. And we talked about rom-coms. We did talk about rom-coms. Uh-huh. I'm a big fan of rom-coms. And that surprised me. Why? I, well, you know what? It's only because you we hadn't we just hadn't known each other well. That's enough. true. We hadn't gotten to that point. I'm yet. a big rom-coms, musicals. I like love stories. It's an, and I but I also like science fiction. And that's so it makes sense that I my nucleus of music would be. Love stories about aliens. I love Star Trek. Mm. I have never thought about 
bringing aliens into my music. Mm. Was it just natural for you to do that? or Because, I mean, you're quite free, I guess, with yeah. with the way that you compose. Yes. Mm-hmm. So was it just you were noodling around one day? and it, You know what? I honestly, I wish I could remember when it first occurred to me. It seems like it's always been there. But I, well, okay, so let's let's go further back. Before I was doing music, which I only started really in college, I was a computer nerd. And what I did for fun was watch Star Trek and watch fantasy movies and read novels and, you know, Jurassic Park and stuff like that. And so I was into that sort of thing. And then I suddenly found myself trying to become a musician and songwriter slash composer, what have you. So it makes sense in hindsight that what I would write about would be the stories that I'm most interested in, which are these, you know, aliens and wizards and horses and swords and lightsabers and etc. Okay, I can see I've made you uncomfortable now. Let's talk more about music. Okay, uh, so back to, to like you dive in the band. Um, so in terms of, I think what I'm interested to hear about is, uh, again, this is something we've not really spoken about. Has your perception of the industry changed being on tour with such a successful band? Well, yes. Um, it's become more macrocosmic because as much as New York considers itself sort of like the epicenter of various whatever realms, working with a national and uh, sometimes international touring band means that you're exposed to a world outside of a home base that really is like a sort of an itinerant lifestyle of being everywhere all the time. So it went from like, oh man, I'm a journeyman musician. I go from the Bronx to Brooklyn to Staten Island to like, uh, yeah, I'm a touring musician. I go from the Pacific Northwest to to the Gulf, to Florida, to, you know, various places. And seeing, I think the perception I had before joining the band was like, wow, once you're touring, once you're on a tour bus, you've made it, man. Then you're just coasting. And it's actually very much a similar sort of struggle to be, to remain musically, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but like to, to, to maintain one's artistry, you know, you're still like trying to do gigs, trying to get people to come to shows, trying to get them to buy the record, trying to get them to follow you on social media, going to new cities and playing shows where the room is not full. And so the perception from New York was always like, oh, Lake Street Dive, they're out there just crushing the world. And obviously in a certain respect, it's great because we do play places and have people. There's hundreds, thousands sometimes of people coming to shows, but there is always a higher echelon that you could reach. Mm-hmm. And so part of what I've really enjoyed about as a learning experience with Lake Street Dive has been not only when we headline, but also when we open for other larger acts. The first year I was with them, we opened for Jack Johnson. And so I initially went out with them and we were playing these like 2000 seat rooms. And I was like, this is, whoa, you guys are selling out 2000 seat theaters. And then we did like a two weeks with Jack Johnson. It was like 20,000 people, order of magnitude, more people. And this past year we opened for the Avid brothers mm-hmm. and they were playing like the, like the Greek theater, you know? So, you know, we have a bus and we have a truck. And then some of these other touring bands have three buses and two trucks or four buses and five trucks, you know, and they're they have a crew that's not just like we have a crew. They have like 40 people working for them who are also traveling with them. That's all like in order to do that, you have to you have to work, you know, so it's it's almost like taking the same hustle from being like a solo musician and being like, man, I hope I make enough money tonight to afford dinner to being like, man, I hope we make enough money tonight to afford dinner for 60 people. Right. You know, I guess my perception of that would be, you know, when you get to that level, you get to kind of just be the artist and do the music Mm. and that side of things in terms of the promotion, 
people coming to the shows, paying everyone who works for you, becomes someone else's problem. You pay someone else mm-hmm. to do that. Is you that- <laughs> you have someone else who helps you coordinate those things, which yeah. is definitely a huge relief um, because when you're just the artist, I have like a foot in both worlds. But so when it's my stuff, people are like, you need to promote your shows more. And I go, oh, oh, oh that's me. I am the promoter of my shows. So I am also the uh, person who has to respond to gig requests. And with Lake Street Dive, yes, there is like a management team. There's a crew. They're taking care of like loading stuff in. But now instead of a, sh- a show that I would play that would have 40 people in it where I'd be like, this room is packed and I can't believe I had to say hello to, you know, 25 people after the show. I was there all night. You know, like she does, like after a show, if we do a signing or something, we, you know, we played for 2,500 people and, you know, those people want photos. And, so, you know, we're doing Instagram for a show in, you know, we're playing here. We're doing Instagram for a show in two weeks uh, to get people to be aware of that show and various other things like those. Even though you get to step back from the general coordination of those things, you're still the artist. And so. There's no like, I can't be like, make a post for me, you know, or like be, pretend you're us and write in our voice. It's very much still coming from the artist. You're shielded from the magnitude of it, but you're, you're still very much doing it. Hmm. So it's not quite, I don't know. Maybe there's an echelon where you do sort of just get to indulge in daily ennui while Mm -hmm. a horde of people take care of the day-to-day struggle. We'll see. I'm not sure that I ever want to achieve that level. Why not? I... I'm very familiar with ennui from my (laughs) first few years in the city when I was broke and I had no gigs. So there was nothing to do. uh, And I became very familiar with ennui. You Uh, stop speaking French and being classy. I am very classy. I know at least (laughs) ennui. It took me a moment and I'm like, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? Oh, isn't it boredom? Essentially, it's just a very fancy, it's fancy boredom. It's French French boredom. boredom. Yeah, it's it's very, very expensive French boredom. I think part of working in New York as a musician, what allows you to remain working, maybe this is true for all the arts, in fact, I suspect it is, is that you keep doing it and you are not thwarted by the idea that there's always more work to do. Not only are there more things to create, but you're also trying to improve your craft. You're also trying to create new content. And if you don't like that, especially if you're living in a place like this, you'll stop. Because uh, success very rarely comes instantly or quickly at all. So for me, I've grown to, maybe it's like a Stockholm syndrome of some sort. I've grown to enjoy working, you know, always trying to work and being dissatisfied and wanting to do better and trying to do better and refining whatever it is. And I couldn't imagine still thinking of myself as an artist if there wasn't some hard scrabble aspect to Mm -hmm. to the lifestyle. There can be a fine line, I guess, between someone who's an artist and someone who's an artist and a musician Mm -hmm. Um, and someone who's a musician, but not necessarily an artist in that same sense. Sure. Mm -hmm. Because I was going to argue Mariah Carey is doing pretty well. Yeah. Just, you know, got back to number one. In fact, I don't think it never made number one. I think when it came out, I thought I read. What? It never made number one. I thought Mm -hmm. that's what it said. It, It was like the longest single to ever reach number one. Oh. So like took 30 years to make number one. That doesn't. I'm not, I I'm not I sure if I, I believe that, but listen, that's what I did read. I only have anecdotal evidence. Here's somebody who's still making money on a single that's 30 years old, yeah. which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. There's some laurel resting going on there. Yes, and if you, I'm sure at some point maybe you do get tired and you're like, I'd like to rest on some laurels for a bit, please. You know, I didn't think they were that comfortable. Laurels? Laurels, no. Well, I think if you. Like if an you, ivy, like toilet seat. Well, you put Why them would in you like a nice that? silk 
wrapping, perhaps, Maybe. you know, and you, you get used to it. I digress. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about next year. Okay. Oh, sorry, this year. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> <clears throat> we did yes. not pre-record this. Ah, uh, yes, this uh, year. Before the holidays, because mm-hmm. everyone got busy. Um, So next year. Yeah. Fuck, this year. Fuck, this year. Sorry, I yeah. never swear on my podcast. All right, okay, so, here we go. <clears throat> so 2020. Yes, yes, this year. Yeah. Look, I can't edit it out now. <laughs> You know, your first podcast might be the most successful, but I don't know how this. Yeah, one's this one's try. really gone off the rails. Yeah. Uh, so, what are we? What What is your plan for twenty twenty? I have a few plans in the works for this year. Well, I have a live solo record that I'm doing with Rockwood Music Hall. Last summer, we did like four shows solo in in the smaller downstairs room, and we recorded all those. And we are picking through the versions of those songs to put out something i think probably only digitally that'll be a live recording and as always i have promised people that i will record and put out the alien love songs which um you promised me that last I year know, i know <clears throat> and i i make a lot of promises but you know the, it keeps getting bigger and bigger it's now very near to 30 songs so i think i just need to make call it part one and be done with this sec- section of my life yeah, you said that last time too. I know. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm just gonna keep giving you. I'm a real politician when it comes that. to my own stuff. Uh-huh. So, Aki, I yes. have one final fun question for you. I don't know if I'm ready for fun. Okay. Well, you might be. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I started asking this question. I can't. It can't have been that long ago, but it's all. It's actually become one of my favorite parts okay. of the show. So, you were a very. I think you're an analog kind of guy. Quite. Yeah. You must have had an iPod back in the day. I did. So if you still had an iPod mm, right now. I already like this question. Mm-hmm. What would your top three most played tracks be? Oh, well, even though I liked where I was headed, I still am already flop sweating thinking about this. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, flop sweats, people. Um, what would be my top singles? You mean maybe maybe like recently, I should say? Or no, I should still Well, I mean, I guess time. it's... The mo- like if you your iPod would be of all time. So what would the most top oh, wow. three tracks be? This is a terrible question. Your top most three, your top three, whatever. You know what I meant. Okay, okay, okay. I can do this. I can do this. Top three songs all time. I can give you a drum beat or no, no, in no, post no. I can add some some exciting music. My heart is providing all the drum beat we need. Okay. Just thinking about volume, there would have to be Something from the Nina Simone Live in New York record. It would probably be, probably be I Loves You Porgy, mm-hmm. Nina Simone Live in New York. That's definitely there. I love Billie Holiday doing that. I've yeah. never, I don't think I've heard Nina Simone doing it. But Hers I, love is like, I mean, they're Holiday. all great. It's mm. all there, you know, obviously. Even you saying that makes me go like, oh, I should put Billie Holiday on this list. All right. <laughs> Nina Simone's there. Top three. This is horrible. There's a jazz singer named Kurt Elling that people who love jazz will be familiar with. And he was formative in my teenage years and me just thinking like, oh, I could sing. That could be a thing I do. His version of Nature Boy from his a record he put out in the 90s would definitely be up there. I listen to that a bajillion times a year. Last but not least, D'Angelo. This is breaking my heart. There's so many people that I, you know, yeah, obviously it's an ever shifting list, but I had to put D'Angelo in there. And if I had to pick a D'Angelo track, it would be The Root by D'Angelo. The okay. Root. Yes. It's just such an insight into you and your background and what influences your music. And I just love that question. I think I went for earliest musical. Mm -hmm. I feel like you kind of went from 
your youth to your adulthood yes. there. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. kind of the way you That's approached right. it. I, early into my, my coming of age, if you will. Chronological Aki. That's right. Mm-hmm. 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 Fun. I now regret every answer I gave you. <laughs> do you want to change that? No, 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 no. Do you, want to, do you want to pick another three? No, I really don't. I don't want to go through that that feeling <laughs> of picking three ever again. <laughs> oh, okay. Aki, it's always a pleasure to chat to you. Uh, it's always it's always a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you. Yeah. This year, I'm looking forward to new music coming from you. Mm-hmm. The new album, Parts 1 and 2. I don't know if you'll do both in the same year. Yeah, I have to do it in three parts. That's uh, three, I mean, ten sides. We don't have to get yeah. into it. Continue with your... <laughs> no, and I just... Do you know, I, I have to say, I haven't yet seen you play with Lexi Dive. You haven't? No. I feel I, there was... A, I think because there's not been... I feel like there weren't too many New York shows. There Because they were just you were right. touring everywhere. That's right. And I feel like the one at the Barclays Center... I was at another show mm-hmm, that night, mm-hmm. which is just, I was really annoyed about. Because I'm like, I can get backstage now. Yeah, you'd be yeah. partying. You'd be, you'd be drinking LaCroix with the band. Yeah. Um, well, we'll have to change that in the LaCroix. near future. Yeah, LaCroix, that's how we party. I bet. With bubbly water. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Aki Bermese, I love you so much. And likewise. Let's yes. do our Star Trek podcast. We're going to do it. Picard. We're boldly going ours. to go where no podcast let's, has let's, gone before. Let's do it. Oh, man, bye. Picard. I'm trying to think of it. Well, engage. You're gonna say we'll engage. engage. I yeah. was gonna say the thing that Pike says in Discovery. What does he say? Like punch it or something. Oh, Very yeah. Masculine and rakish, but I can't remember if that's what he actually says. I think he might do. Is in, it punch well, it or something. Like that? Is it? No, it's. I feel like that was James Kirk in the movie. Oh yeah, punch it's not it. punch it. It's not kick it. It's something very well. Obviously, not at all in keeping with my own personality. Isn't punch it from like Star Wars? does seem like something Han Solo would say. Yeah. Anyway. You know what I'll say? Kapla. 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 Live long and prosper, my friend. (laughs) Yes. My friend and fellow nerd in arms, Aki Burmese. I'm so humbled to call that man a friend, and I'm genuinely so in awe of his talent and incredible grace. If you want to support Aki, you can find him on Instagram at AkiBurmese.com. A-K-I-E-B-E-R-M-I-S-S and catch him on tour with Lake Street Dive or at one of his own shows at Rockwood. He also does a really cool after-party show at Rockwood every now and again, so make sure to check that out. Now, I did mention at the start of the episode that we're giving away an exclusive MP3 download of Aki performing live from Red Rocks. So to get hold of that, it's very simple. There's a link in the episode details. Click on it and we will send that MP3 straight to you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of This Next One's About. I really hope you enjoyed the show. Um, Please subscribe to get the latest shows direct to your device. Now, next time, I will be chatting to Liz Longley, uh, an award-winning songwriter who has recently funded one of the biggest Kickstarter campaigns in Kickstarter history and was recently covered by Billboard magazine as her online fan support helped to buy her independence from her record label, and she is now able to release her own music. We will be discussing her brand new single, Three Crow, from her forthcoming album produced by five-time Grammy-winning producer Paul Moak. Make sure you check that out. You don't want to miss that one. I am Stephanie Manns. I'll see you next time. New York Artists Collective.